0: Hello, this is Louise Sorrell. I'm talking to T V Confidential and you should tune in because they're really wonderful. Ed Roberts will a reminder that Emmy Award winner Bo Bridges will join us later on in the hour along with his daughter Emily Bridges. Bo and Emily will talk about adapting the venerable textbook acting in Six Lessons as both a compelling Play and a compelling film. Plus, Bo will answer a few questions about his film and TV career. Bo Bridges and Emily Bridges joining us later on in the hour. We'll be to stay tuned for that. In the meantime, Susan Silver is on the line with us. Susan Silver, one of the original writers for The Mary Tyler Moore Show and one of the very first female writers for TV comedy, period. Susan's memoir, Hot Pants in Hollywood, Sex, Secrets, and Sitcoms is a hilarious Poignant and very honest account of her years in television, including how farting nearly ended Susan's (laughs) career before it began. Uh, Susan also talks about her encounters with the likes of Steve McQueen, Lenny Bruce, Bill Cosby, Bill Clinton, James Garner, among others. And as we mentioned a little earlier in our conversation, how she has reinvented herself more than once in the course of her life and career. Hot Pants in Hollywood, available as an audiobook through audible.com. Print edition of Hot Pants in Hollywood, still available, amazon.com, wherever books are sold online. Susan's radio commentary, Susan Says with Susan Silver, is available at robinhoodradio.com as well as Apple Podcasts, wherever podcasts are found, you can follow Susan Silver, Hot Pants in Hollywood.com. Not only that, if you go to Hot Pants in and join Susan's email list, you will receive a free chapter of Hot Pants in Hollywood that is not included in the book itself. For more information, Hot Pants in Hollywood.com. Click Free Chapter. Hot
1: wow, pa- you are like. I'm good. can I hire you to like <laughs> this all the time? I mean, wow. Usually they mention it once, but this is... By the way, also, don't forget Square Pegs. If there's anybody of a certain age watching, I, I was the, the executive script editor on Square Pegs, which was not a fun experience, but it was a good show.
0: And and you can learn about Susan's experience on Square Pegs and Hot Pants in Hollywood. That is what we call a tease, as you all ah. well know, because I want people to either get the audio book or get the print book, because even, even when you uh, take it down a notch and uh talk about some of the not so funny points of your life i mean it is it's 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 a great reading and and as karen valentine says you're a great storyteller
1: well i appreciate that you know baby boomers we all seem to have the same experiences we grew up at a certain time we got married sometimes we got divorced we've taken care of our parents when they're ill you know things have happened and the best thing anybody said to me one of the reviews was um in the audio book, she felt like she was just sitting, having lunch with a friend, telling her stuff. And I mean, that's that's what I tried to do. And I'm so appreciative that you picked up on that.
0: We we mentioned that one of the things I learned was, you know, Uh-oh. how how no no no. We're, 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 I, I, I maybe I should have phrased that. Maybe I should have phrased that. But no, we're we're ta- we're talking about how. Gary Marshall was a very instrumental part of your early career. That's one of the things uh, I was not aware of. The other thing I learned is one of of your first credits was for a show that that I remember. And, in fact, it was on Nick at Night not too long ago, so I had a chance to revisit it again. It was a fun show done for Saturday mornings called Lancelot Link. Oh,
1: my God, you're the only living human in America (laughs) who knows about that. That's amazing. (laughs) Iris and I were writing in my office at last, and we were hiding there. I was doing casting, and they wouldn't let me write there, as you said, because of farting. Um, they <laughs> said, George Lawrence said to me, you can't be a writer because the writers are in an apartment building, and they walk around in their underwear, and they pass gas, and they don't want a woman there. <laughs> so I said, oh, okay. So Iris would sneak into my office, and we'd write. And two of the guys on the show, um, Mike Marmer and Stan Burns, had this little animated show called Lancelot Link about a detective, which was an ape, if you can believe this. It was very cute. Anyway, we did one, and it was so much fun, and we said, boy, we can do this now. And uh, then we did a Love American style for Gary, and then Iris took a break to have a baby, and I saw the Mary Tyler Moore show, and I said, oh, Gary, I can do this show. And he said, how do you know? And I said, as you said, well, I'm from a different Midwest town, but they both start with M. I'm from Milwaukee. She's from Minneapolis, and I worked in a local TV station in LA, and I can do it. And he said, "Well, I'll get you a meeting with Jim and Alan, and that's Alan Burns and Jim Brooks, and see what they say." And only because he, re- you know, was recommending me did they take me uh, a meeting with me because I had never written a script by myself. So that's I said I started on top. It was downhill for the next twenty years. <laughs>
0: We mentioned in our open that just before you got your first script assignment on the Mary Tyler Moore show, one of the first scripts that you and Iris sold was an episode of That Girl.
1: Yeah, we did. It was. Um, we had a meeting there, and um, we were very nervous. I'll never forget this. And we walked into the office, and we were sitting, waiting and waiting and waiting, and two elderly guys came out. And they said, well, I wonder if Anne-Marie really would say that. And I turned to Iris and I said, if we're asking that question when we're 50, kill us now. <laughs> I mean, like, but anyway, we, we saw a script. And because Marla was very involved, was the exec producer, our script was about how she married Donald and got engaged. And she decided she wanted to stay single as a feminist. And that was very important to her. So they never shot our show, but they did pay us.
0: You know, it's interesting. We had a conversation. One of my colleagues is an author, and uh, he he wrote a book earlier this year that took a second look at shows from the '60s and '70s, such as That Girl, and how they still connect today. But we had a little exchange on how That Girl ended, and we understand why. Marlo Thomas made the choice she'd make because she felt, I mean, she wanted to make a statement, as you just said, that you don't need a man in order to mm-hmm. make it on your own. But what was interesting, and I hadn't thought of this, but my colleague uh, David Hofsted, thought of it for me, we understand why she made that choice, but it may not have been the best choice for the character because Anne Marie, the character she played, wanted to get married.
1: <laughs> you know, um, because I'm between 50 and death now, I can't remember... <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, That's okay. That's okay. I'm, I'm asking, look, I, I joke about this, but I appreciate it when, when, when my guests indulge me when I ask questions about what they did at work 50 years ago. I don't remember <coughs> what I did at work 50 years ago. So I,
1: mean, I don't remember how the show ended. I do know that they didn't shoot our show because she decided that they weren't going to get married. And I think because that show was the beginning of feminism and mm-hmm. then Mary, of course, was the next step, Mary Tyler Moore's show. It was very important that women realize, uh, look, when I grew up in Wisconsin, all my friends went to University of Wisconsin for their MRS, that's what the degree was then, and I was the only one, I went to Northwestern and then UCLA because I wanted a career, and I was really almost the only one, so it was very important. And I think Marla was extraordinary, and also she had the ability to do it because she was the executive producer, and then Mary, of course, was as well because she and her husband owned the company. So it was kind of representative of the times. It was what we were going through as women in real life, and I think it was very brave of her and wise of her, and then the next step you know, was Mary, and that kind of showed a lot of people a route to go. Yeah,
0: and because of the wonders of, of channels like Hulu, or in my case, um, both IMDb, TV, and Tubi, I have revisited that girl for the first time oh, in 40 years. It, it, it holds up. It's a very funny show, and it works the way many great, character, uh, many great sitcoms work because the characters are very well defined, uh-huh. and, and the humor comes from those characters and their situations.
1: The interesting thing was there were no women writing that show, Mm -hmm. and we I think we would have been the first had they shot our script, so uh, yeah, and then of course on Mary Tyler Moore, Alan and Jim were the first to really look for women and make it a priority, and that sort of changed
0: the face of television. Susan Silver is on the line with us. Susan Silver, one of the original writers for The Mary Tyler Moore Show, one of the very first female writers for TV comedy, period. Susan's memoir, Hot Pants in Hollywood, now available as an audio book through audible.com. Uh, print edition is also available through amazon.com. A free chapter... Uh you can get a free chapter of the audiobook I believe of Hot Pants in yeah. Hollywood by going to hotpantsinhollywood.com and you can hear Susan's lovely voice. Do
1: you have to say www? I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's how bad I am on the internet. Uh
0: I I I think right now it's uh it's I, I think people understand the www. Okay. Part, so. <laughs>
1: I still don't know how to do anything on it, so there you go. When I first got my computer, I was afraid to take it home. It was like a pet. I left it at the guy's (laughs) house for a week because I was afraid to be alone with it in a room, so there you go. (laughs) It's true.
0: Okay. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Uh, Let's see. We have a few people in common besides Lori Towers.
1: Oh, do we? Yeah. Um oh, Jennifer Armstrong, who wrote the best book on Mary Tyler Moore.
0: Very much so. She wrote, yeah, she wrote the definitive book on on, on Mary Tyler Moore. Ed Asner has been a guest oh, on our I program many, it. many times. Yes, yes.
1: He loved my book. He was naughty and cute.
0: Yes, but uh, he won an Emmy because of words you wrote for him.
1: Yeah, I love him.
0: Yes. Another cool discovery. You worked very closely with George Eckstein on The Couple Takes a Wife. Oh, did
1: you know George?
0: We were not friends per se, but I interviewed him many times uh, for both um, for my first book and then for an article I wrote a a couple years later. Very, very generous with his time and a great... Oh,
1: he was the loveliest guy. I had only written half our episodes and when I sold my first movie of the week I really didn't know how to write a longer script, and he was so wonderful and, and fabulous guy. And, uh, yeah, I loved working with him. But what I have noticed in, in your shows, and I looked at how you've interviewed everybody in the world, but you have a sort of like uh, an interest in Lenny Bruce, who I went out with. So yes. So I thought that would be the first thing you'd ask me.
0: Well, it, it is on my list, but I, I <laughs> look, I, I try to make this like a conversation. And okay. you know, sometimes we go where the conversation goes. But
1: no. And younger people are saying, who's Lenny Bruce? But the older people know.
0: Well, if, if if you don't know who Lenny Bruce is, go to televisionconfidential.com, check out our archive. As Susan, as Susan was very kind enough to allude to, we have done several programs on Lenny Bruce over the last couple of months. So you'll easily get. But ba- basically, Lenny Bruce was the original Richard Pryor insofar as he was one of the first comedians to let his vulnerability show on stage as part of his comedy routine.
1: Also, he didn't tell jokes. He told truths. He was just this extraordinarily sweet, sexy, smart guy, and um, he was arrested because he said... Some of those words that George Carlin told you not to say, and he was the first and most original and sad. uh, What happened to him? Um, And I went to a party in New Year's Eve in college, which is interesting because I'm only between fifty and death. But we'll (laughs) pretend. And um, his mother was there, and his mother was a stripper, and she came up to me and she said, "Are you dating anybody?" And I looked at my date for New Year's? I said, no. And um, she said, well, I'd like you to meet my son. I said, who's your son? And she said, Lenny Bruce. And I almost fainted (laughs) because he was like the most famous comic of his time and really handsome with deep, dark eyes. And I said, oh, cool. She said, I'm going to call him and tell him to come over. But Lenny Bruce has nowhere else to go on New Year's Eve. Okay. So he came over and I just fell in love and he asked me out. And I was living with my uncle at the time, who was kind of a well-known comedic director and writer in Hollywood named Cy Howard. Mm-hmm. And my uncle said, no way are you going on a date with Lenny Bruce. And I said, why? He said, well, because he's a drug addict and he's 30 years older than you are, but other than that. And I said, I'm going. And he said, well, then I'm going with. So my uncle came with. And that was our date. A trio.
0: Yes, but but Lenny, um, if I remember correctly, Lenny gave you a signed copy of one of his yeah. routines.
1: He wrote. um, He he and my uncle got along great, and I was like terrified sitting there. And he could tell I was so out of his, you know, can. I was just like I didn't know what I was. I was like, uh, uh, you know, a college freshman, I think, or something. I can't remember. Anyway, he wrote on a piece of paper. um, He had this whole routine about Clark Gable found alive in Argentina. One of his favorite, you know, very clever routines. And he wrote at the bottom, Susan will go to the corner. But she's afraid to go around. <laughs> he knew. He knew. Yeah. That's how sensitive and super cool he was. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, Susan does talk a little bit about some of the various people that she has encountered, uh, one way or another. Again, we don't want to. We don't want to give too much away because we want people to either get the audio book or get the print edition. I will say you you have a great story about Tom Jones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A great. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Great. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what's actually funny? We're on Instagram now and he's got like three different accounts. So I follow him and, and I don't know who runs them and stuff and all of a sudden I got this thing, Tom Jones is following you back. I don't think it's the real account though, but I said we went out once Yes. I haven't yeah. heard yes. other than that. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. And to find out the story about uh, the time she went out with Tom Jones, uh, you have to you have to get a copy of Hot Pants in Hollywood I don't think you went out with Sean Connery, but you've got a great story about the time that you and Connery worked together on a script uh, that was... Well, uh, the script was commissioned uh, for Warner Brothers. I don't remember whether it was actually produced or not.
1: Yeah, no. Sean was my hero, was my friend for more than 40 years, and I still haven't gotten over the fact that he's no longer with us. I was so excited. I had a friend at Warner Brothers, and he assigned John Kelly, and he assigned me to write uh, a movie that Sean was going to direct based on a book called Dead Calm about a boat and an older uh, guy and a wife and a crazy person who comes on the boat. Anyway, I had never written a screenplay. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And I was so intimidated by him. And we worked very hard for like six months on the script. He would come into L.A., etc. And... Because he was directing it, he would say things like, well, we don't have to put that in because I know this, but I said, okay, fine. And I didn't really know how to write a screenplay, so I agreed to everything. We turned in a script that was like 90 pages when scripts are like 120, 140, and they said, this is like an outline. We're not going to make this, but I I was too afraid to to challenge him. But we remained friends, and um, he was the one and only. I think he was the only James Bond, in my opinion, and one of the great Iconic people of our time. I was very lucky to know him.
0: What I love about the story you share about writing with Sean Connery, Susan, is it resonates with other stories I have read about writers oh, who worked with him. It's cheap. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't going there, but I was. But what, <laughs> okay. I, was, what, what
1: I what, didn't buy my lunch. We were sitting in the conference room and he had lunch, and I didn't have any, but he did talk to my mother he one time I said would you please call my mother and say hello which like made her life so he made a super sandwich well what where,
0: where I was going is that he worked very closely with the writer he he he, un, he respected their craft they respected who, who they were it was a good collaborative writing experience
1: Oh, he was great. I mean, he worked with Edna O'Brien, I know, on something, the great Irish author. Mm -hmm. Now, he respected writers very much. You know, he he was not educated. He was self-educated. He was an autodidact. He he educated himself, and he was very respectful of words, and, and he was great fun, and I know he was tough, you know, in a lot of ways, but as I said, to me, There's never been another James Bond, and that's the way I'm going to think about it, even though he didn't love being James Bond only, but uh, to me, he's the one and only.
0: Sean Connery is the one and only James Bond. Our guest this hour is the one and only Susan Silver. Susan Silver, one of the original writers of The Mary Tyler Moore Show and one of the very first female writers in TV comedy, period. We'll continue our conversation with Susan on our next program. Among other things, we'll talk about the backstory of the girl who came Gift-wrapped, and maybe, maybe, we'll ask a question or two about the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Susan's memoir, Hot Pants in Hollywood, Sex Secrets and Sitcoms, is available Amazon.com, where the books are sold online. The audio edition is available Audible.com. You can follow Susan Silver, Hot Pants in Hollywood.com. Sign up for Susan's email list, and you will receive a free bonus chapter of Susan's book, com. Take a quick timeout. Then Emmy Award winner Bo Bridges will join us along with his daughter, Emily Bridges, when we come back on TV Confidential. This Week in TV History now has its own podcast. You can enjoy This Week in TV History with Tony Figueroa on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you find podcasts. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear,